is the Bronte and Lakey podcast. Welcome to the podcast. All the good bits are in here. Sci-fi or sci-fact for a Monday. Always good to figure out the real science from the fake stuff. Yeah, look, I have uh, incorporated chat GPT into this and I think it's going to have to tone it down a little when it comes to the scientific knowledge of that thing. I think it gave it away, but that's all right. It was almost too smart for its own good, trying to combine quantum physics with squirrel burrowing. (laughs) But, yes, I did guess it this week. Um, When did you run out of fuel? Well, Mm. I did run out of fuel on the way to an eight-course degustation with my girlfriend doled up to the nines. Over the weekend, she wasn't too happy about having to walk the rest of the way, but I forgot to put the petrol in. I'm a busy man. What can I say? You can't be that busy, mate. There's a light that literally comes on and tells you I have no sympathy for you. Yeah, true. Uh, Take the leap also. We chose bride number four. She is going to be proposing to her man come Thursday, Feb 29. Very exciting times. Very soon and exciting. Hear what happens when people say no to the proposal. And uh, just a classic game of fart or chair Mm. as well. Plenty of live TV moments where people try to blame the chair, but I suggest it may have just been one of those brown tutelages. I think you've found the the secret to when it is actually a fart, and you'll hear it in the audio Mm. when they've secretly done it. But you picked them. Classic pause. Hear that in the podcast. So it's sci-fi. It's a fact. Sci-fi or sci-fact. Yeah, a segment that was born out of the news that Charlotte the Stingray uh, over in the US was impregnated either by herself or a bamboo shark. Unfortunately, I don't have an update on that story yet. Um, but I do have some other science-related news for you, Lakey. Yeah, we do need to keep, we do need to follow up that Oh, don't um, worry. Stingray story to account because there's whispers around that we may have been fooled by some sort of aquarium prank. Anyway. <laughs> the worst kind of prank. Oh, God. Don't worry, though. There are two real science uh, stories that I have for you and one that ChatGPT has for you this morning. <laughs> oh, okay. So, first off. Isolated for six months, scientists in Antarctica have began to develop their own accent. While completing their work, the team were also tracking their own voices over time, making 10-minute recordings every few weeks. When the recordings got back to a phonetic research team, they discovered that some of the words had changed so slightly Mm. and they were beginning to see the forming of a new accent. How very interesting. And Mm. I I think that would be very true. You go over to London for three months and you start talking like the Brits. I'm going to go for two weeks. Do you think I'll come back with an accent? I'll be like, hey, Lakey. I would love if you came back with that. (laughs) Well, a little little trench coat and a little train driver's hat. I've lost me toes. Chiming right? up the chimney. Um, I'd love that. Okay. Yeah, I think I think accents are kind of like periods where like you sync up if you hang sure. out for too long. The dominant accent takes over. The weaker accent mm. sort of just starts submitting. I think that's I love true. I love when a man talks to me about periods. I love it. You know it. I know. I know all of it. <laughs> if you ever need any advice on that sort of thing, I've dealt with a lot. Oh, I can imagine. Mm. That's science news number one. Number two, squirrels have been found to communicate through a network of underground tunnels. Scientists have discovered that squirrels are able to navigate through complex urban environments by harnessing the power of quantum tunneling, a phenomenon previously thought to only occur at a subatomic level. Okay, there's way too many fancy words in there for squirrel tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I think the ChatGPT might have shown his colours. Quantum tunnelling. No, no, no. All right. I don't quite believe that for now, but I'll hear out number three. Number three. 
A 3D printed airless basketball will go on sale. The airless prototype doesn't need to be inflated because it's already full of holes. It's been worked on for years, but only 200 will be available once it's on sale. The shape and materials allow it to bounce like any other ball, minus the air. Oh, I really hope that's true because that sounds amazing. I need to know which one you believe is sci-fact. Sci-fact and sci-fi. I am going to go with the quantum tunneling is the sci-fi because I just don't think quantum tunneling is a thing. You can't be mixing really smart words with tunnel. And I'd love for this basketball thing to be true. I don't know if that's possible, but the dreamer in me says that you can't have an airless basketball. If you play, I've got some audio for you, play Mm. number... One sci-fi. This one. is Wilson's new airless basketball yes. prototype. Yes. It is 3D printed. Yes. It feels different. Like it's got this slick texture to it. Yes. It also smells very different. Kind of yes. smells like a shoe. And the Ooh. number one question everyone wants to know is how does it actually bounce? NBA ball. Airless ball. It's so quiet. That's like 90% of a regular ball. That's crazy. Oh, this is oh, Wilson's oh, new. Oh, so good. Oh. So nice. I played it twice. Um, <laughs> Producer Claire has just shown me the vision of it as well. It's amazing. All right. So that is sci-fact, but you'd like to lock in the quantum tunneling before you hear audio number two? Yep. As the sci-fi, are you sure? Yep. Play number two. Residents of Antarctica have been isolated for so long that they have developed a distinct... No, that's good. (laughs) Even during their brief state, the residents' vowel production started to converge. For example, some participants formed the oo in food at the front of their lips, like food, whilst others used the back of their mouth, like food. Over time, though, they grew to sound more identical. (laughs) New accents emerge when an isolated group of speakers begin to make practically undetectable alterations in the way that they pronounce things. Yes! I win. You win. All right, I'm going to work with ChatGPT on next week's stuff. We'll get rid of quantum tunneling as a launching point. All right. Grunty and Lakey. Now, over the weekend, Friday night, I wanted to give my lady a taste of the high life. I was lucky enough to be invited along to a special Michelin star restaurant with a Michelin star chef in town all the way from China for an eight-course degustation. Oh, delicious degustation. My lady likes to get dressed up for a night out. And we haven't really been on too many in the four months that we've been uh, dating. Not too many lavish affairs. I'm more of a casual Adams kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was very excited for this. Spent about three and a half hours getting ready, doled up, makeup, bought a special dress for it. She looked beautiful in the photo that my parents sent um, of you two and them two at the end of the night. Oh, tell me something I don't know, bro. Yeah, she did. She looked stunning. And uh, I thought, well, this is great. You know, I'll give her a taste of the highlight. I'll pretend mm. like this, you know, this is kind of my thing. This is the reg. Um, it's very hard to trick a lady into thinking that you constantly live the high life due to me driving around a $1,000 car. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we hopped in the car. And drove off to the degustation. Only about 800 metres away. We probably could have walked because she was there in high heels and whatnot. Naturally. Um, We couldn't do that. So I drove and probably about 300 metres into the journey, the car starts just shuddering, shaking. And I'm like, oh, no, it's mm. that. We're going to have to put the car down. I've been waiting for this moment for the last four years, really. I'm surprised <laughs> it's gone this Since long. Since you bought it, yeah, yeah. This is the time. And then I remembered, oh, the fuel light's been flashing for a few days. Oh, my God. 
Oh no, the cars ran out of fuel. I just hadn't gotten around to filling it up. Slash, I'm waiting. You to get haven't home. gotten around no, to filling it, no, it up. No, you know up. why? Because I had a hundred dollar gift card, a Visa gift card, and I was hell bent on using that for to pay for the petrol. And every time I got in my car, I realized I forgot the gift card. Oh. So I was like, oh, I'll do it next time. I honestly thought it probably had about fifty k left in it still, but it did well, that's not. That's what Hamish and Andy. I thought. I know. Told us. That's what. That's what I was literally thinking in the back of my mind. Oh, this car's got forever to go. Anyway, oh, no. breaking over in the middle of a roundabout, mind you. Too. Oh, and there's chaos. A, and there's a Ferrari behind me, just rubbing <laughs> salt into the wound. I'm like, oh no, oh quickly, oh god, hazard lights on. Because sometimes you panic in these situations. Oh, God, right? yeah. Not Cool Man Cucumber over here. Hazard lights on, out the car, babe. You get round into the driver's seat. Oh. I'll start pushing this little thing. The guy in the Ferrari didn't do anything, by the way. He was just there waiting, laughing. Yeah, good. at its finest. <laughs> and then I was pushing this thing, and I say, babe, just chuck a hard left into this driveway so we can get out of this roundabout. Yeah. Things are starting to stress out. And I, what I forget is once the car runs out of fuel, the whole thing shuts down. Yes. Right? The brakes are tougher to do. You can't really steer the steering wheel. So I've had this grand plan. She just hocks the left hand 90 <laughs> degree turn. We just go, we just roll straight into the curb. <laughs> I bang my bumper. I'm like, what is going on? Anyway, this other bloke gets out, helps me push it. We move this bin. We manage to sort of like coast to a stop. Well, we would have coasted to a stop, but my girlfriend's panicking and just chucks the handbrake on for finish. Of course she uh, is. It was a bit chaotic and uh, I was sweaty. She Good. was flustered, and then we had to walk the rest of the way to the Michelin star restaurant in very hot, humid, arid conditions. And what, it just left good. your car at this at this driveway? Yeah, Did well, you have to go get fuel? Yeah, yeah, then after the, yeah, oh, then after so the eight-course meal, we you're had so to walk annoying. to the Shell station. I just have no, I have no sympathy for people like you who have the warning that they've run out of fuel. And it just triggers me because my partner, Dylan, one of the biggest fights we ever had was when we ran out of fuel going on top of this mountain in far north Queensland. The fuel light was on at the bottom of the mountain. So my brain goes, let's stop here and go get fuel. Because going up a mountain, we're not going to find any fuel stations up there. And so he doesn't take my advice. We drive up the mountain, we lose fuel, and we just have to ask some backpacker that luckily had a canister of fuel. And I just don't I under, I don't understand how people do it. What a waste of fuel. He should have chucked it on neutral and just reversed back down the hill. <laughs> the perfect place to break down. I would have killed for a hill on that roundabout. 131060. Uh, the best ran out of fuel story. Yeah. I reckon. Where did you run out of fuel? Yeah. What happened? Were the stakes high? Were the, the tensions high? Yeah, it gets stressful oh. real quick. It gets stressful real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, best ran out of fuel story on 131060. If you've got one, give us a call. We want to hear them. That is next, Bronte and Lecky. Bronte and Lecky. What happened to you, Conrad? Hey mate. Yeah, no, I was just um, I was on my bike and I was on my motorbike and I was bloody um, yeah, and I knew I was getting low on fuel and that, and then uh, she's just run out and um, and I had uh, had enough had enough speed to coast into a servo and bloody uh, yeah, so it wasn't a big drama at all, oh. but yeah, it was just good timing. That That's must have so felt good. very good. It must have felt very good. And you are a, you are a more calm man than me because the second my car started going, I slammed on the brakes in panic. Mm. And then halted all momentum, which is the last thing you should really do. How long? Yeah. How long did you travel for, Conrad? From when it ran out uh, to the petrol probably station? About, probably about two hundred meters. Mm. 
Oh, well Does a done. motorbike act the same way as a car when it sort of shuts down and you can't steer it yeah. anymore? Oh, oh no, no, no. There's no power steering, bud. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Very yeah. James Bond. <laughs> can't help but feel very beta male with that question. <laughs> oh, no, nah, mate. Don't be stupid. Surprised you even call you sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona. Yeah. What happened? Uh, bad breakdown story? Uh, well, not me. My girlfriend, who's notorious. I hate going in her car. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I ha- when we lived on the Gold Coast, um, I used to have parties at my place at Carrara and she lived out at Mudra Bar. And one night, she was late as usual, and we're wondering where she was, no mobile phones then, and she no. turns up and says, oh, I ran out of fuel. And we're like, yeah. And we're like, well, how did you get here? Because we knew she had no money. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I had six bottles of Coke in my car, so I pulled into the... Um, petrol station near Wallaby Bobs and swapped them six bottles of Coke for fuel. What? Yeah, I would not do that. Uh, Did that mean your party was without the Cokes, though? Is that what you're Oh, no, we still have Coke, just not Coke for her, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, no Coke for you. <laughs> Oh, shout out to Wallaby Bob's, by the way. I know. (laughs) What a generous servo. Good, good story. Grunty and Lakey. Affordable custom-made engagement rings and wedding bands. Visit theodoreandco.com. Grunty and Lakey's Take the Leap. Oh, how very exciting. All of last week, we were chatting to ladies every single day on the show. They all expressed their interest in getting down on one knee and proposing to their boyfriend, to mm-hmm. make their fiancé, to eventually become husband and wife. Come Feb 29, the only day really, in big inverted brackets, that ladies are allowed to propose to the man once exactly. every four years. And Crazy. it's coming up. It is only four days away. And uh, everyone had their story. And uh, we've got all five brides on the line right now, which mm. I think is crashing our phone system. Mm. Uh, but we've got to make a decision, like Yeah, we do. Um, and we've not taken this lightly because, of course, the uh, the ring, thanks to Theodore and Co. Oh, that ring. As well. They'll be providing a wedding band for the yep. man and a yep. lovely ring for the lady. <sighs> After much debate, mm. much heavy-heartedness and much planning, we think we would... Prefer no one more than bride number four <gasps> to get down on one knee. We can't say their name, but they know who they are. Hello, hey, bride, bride number four. Number four. Hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, now it's real. <laughs> it just got so real. What are we thinking? So it is you. You are who we are going to be helping propose to your partner of. Over a decade to on Thursday, how are you feeling? Um, I'm literally shaking right now. I'm sitting here next to the two girls and my daughter is going, what's going on, mummy? <laughs> She's got to keep a secret. Well, these are the daughters that yeah. put tea towels on their hair and, you know, hold fake wedding oh. ceremonies for you guys all the time, right? So they want this just as much as you do. Yes. Well, our daughter, our eldest, the four-year-old, she actually pretended that she had a book yesterday and said, mummy and daddy, 
I'm going to marry you now. And then she fully said that you may now kiss the bride. Very cute. Uh, may I remind, though, not legal. You do need a legal <laughs> celebrant to, to do such things. It's all, it's all legal in her mind. Well, it's going to be uh, a mind-blowing time on Thursday. Are they getting involved? I mean, you're now yeah. obviously going to the next stage. You're thinking how this is going to play out on Thursday. Are we getting the daughters involved or is this going to be a private thing? No, we're going to get the girls there too. Right. They're such a big part of our life that we can't not have them there and especially the eldest as well. So. I love Lakey that you even considered this could be a private affair when it's happening for a radio station. There's oh, not yeah. going to be anything private oh, about yeah, this. True, true. All cards are on the table. <laughs> okay, we got we got to start thinking out a plan. We'll think of that over the next 48 hours. Obviously, by yep. number four, the ball is in your court. We are here, happy to assist. We can help mm-hmm. spitball ideas. This is your day now and, of course, we're going to be along for the ride. Um, don't want to don't bring the mood down. No, no, but, no. How will he react? Have we thought through? I'm and I'm just thinking worst case scenario here. Sorry, I'm I'm just trying to prepare. We've got to. I'm just trying to prepare the best we can. That's what we do. Trust me, it's been going through my head too. Oh yeah, don't want to jinx it. But what will happen if they say no? Then we'll just keep on living our lives. I mean, I've said no to him before, right? And we've kept going. Okay, (laughs) okay. Pattern behaviour, I like it. Oh, all right, good, good. I'm I'm glad you will be able to continue on because I don't know if I'll be able to cope. It seems like a bigger deal to me than it is for you. That's what we like. But Uh, that's the the strength that bride number four has, Lakey. She's even willing to take this risk. That is a strong recoverable woman. Okay, bride number four, can we chat to you again tomorrow? You've got to get thinking. We'll give you 24 hours to let the dust settle, talk it through with your daughters and whatnot, and but then got to keep the secret. To you. Oh, don't tell the man. Don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow, bride number four. Bye, bride number four. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bronte and Lakey. We are asking the question, uh, when has someone said no to your proposal? Interesting little dynamic. What happens from there? If you're just tuning in, we just announced before, bride number four is a lucky lady who's going to be getting down on one knee, proposing to her partner, Feb 29. That's on this Thursday. Bronte and Lakey's take the leap, flipping the whole getting down on one knee on its head, the lady doing it to the guys. Fantastic to see. We'll be following that closely and we'll be involved with that come Thursday. You just have to be prepared for the worst though in these kind of situations. What will happen (sighs) if the man says no? That's it. I think with any proposal, you probably have to prepare on some level for a possible rejection, but especially when we're pushing the gender norms like we are and mm. getting bride number four to propose. Well, a couple of people calling through. Linda on 131060, what happened to you? You were proposed to by an ex. That's correct. Uh, I think it was more of an obligation proposal. Okay. And I said, I said no because I obviously didn't think it was for real. And then he, he cracked the wobbly told me that I may as well have the ring because he can't do nothing with it. So I took it to Cashies and put the money in my son's bank account. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank the man for all his worth, even before you've married him. I love it. What was the obligation out yeah. of? Well, we had actually, because we had had a baby together, mm-hmm. and um, he had decided as soon as I was pregnant that he didn't want to be a dad. So I'd done it sort of on my on my own. Mm. Then he came back later and decided that actually I should, should I should propose. Mm. And I said no. Mm. <laughs> wow. So do you think if was it were you together at that stage or he came back and went full hard in on the we're gonna get back together and we're getting married? Yeah, no, that's what he was 
decided that, yeah, it's all going to be fine and dandy. We're going yeah. to live happily ever after. And no, no, we're too not. hard, too fast. I didn't live happily ever after, though. That's good. Yeah, with someone else. The, the, the other man sounds like he's <laughs> down about five grand. And good. Broken. Yeah, good. Shouldn't have left. Yeah, sisters. I stand with the sisters. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, at this point in time, if he says no, uh, disaster. Absolutely. Michelle on thirteen ten sixty. Did you Hi. did you have to know uh, proposal? Mm. Yes, so it's pregnant, and I said no because I was only twenty one and I felt like I wasn't ready. Okay. Then we had the baby, and then he asks again because he's from an orthodox family, so it's kind of like you know you've got to get married. Mm. And then I'm like, do I really go through this? So I kept putting it off, mm. and then third time when the second baby comes along, he's like, you know, we should get married because. No, no. Wow. It's been about nearly 13 years now. We've got three kids together, and I don't think he's going to ask me ever again, and I feel like I've missed the boat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 13 years together, three rejections, <laughs> three children. <laughs> yeah. The maths is not mapsing this is here. A, the science, <laughs> science so, cannot answer this algorithm. It's an incredible I mean, set of numbers. Oh, what do I do? And then I, I just think it's just too late now. Yeah. I just, I'm never going to get married. Oh, you should have registered before. Would have been the perfect application. <laughs> Had it not been for about six minutes too late, we would have sorted this whole thing out for you. Oh. Would, oh, yeah. would you ever, yep, would yep, you ever think that. about proposing to him or is it just now you've kind of made peace with it? Well, I like, I mean, he's made peace with it, but I kind of, you know, as a woman, I'm like, I'm never going to. Oh, you need it. A little sad, but then I'm like, well, it is your fault. And then I, you know, get over it. Then I watch something romantic of the movies and I'm like, oh, it could have been me. But no. (laughs) Anxious avoidant. Yes. So now we just don't talk about it. I think it's just just too late now. Yeah, that's healthy. I think yeah. just bury it and yeah. <laughs> die right. with the regret. Yeah, only that's about what I... 45 years left of this and it'll all be over. All right, good stuff. Uh, interesting calls. I think it's going to be okay on Thursday, so. isn't it? I think the couple that we've chosen is going to bounce back anyway. So. Absolutely. Grunty and Lakey. Your free answer for tomorrow's Alpha Bucks, Tuesday the 27th of Feb, is S4C. Grunty and Lakey. Great story out of the darts world. Don't know if you've heard this. The world of darts has been shaken by a farting scandal. Um, darts player Darren Webster has controversially accused his opponent of farting during their mm. face-off during the Modus Super Series. Um, this is the creme de la creme of darts. Webster let his feelings be known in a rant on social media last night. He said, well, when you play a guy who farts and sinks the stage out, denies it, and kick you when you're playing the stall every throw because they're... Beep. <laughs> Good luck for the future. But I'm not interested. Rant over. That makes little to no sense. This, no. It's unfortunate that the fart wasn't caught on the live broadcast. Because well, I think it sounds we like had, farts, plural. If we had some audio for an actual fart, you'd probably be able to be accus- accusatory. But this is how it ends, just on a sour note, really. Okay. Here are the commentators. Game short. That's a wonderful 12 data to finish the match off. Well, it ends on a sour note. But 4-3 oh. to Mullenkamp means that he's got four points after the sixth match. Okay. I mean, I didn't realise the Wenger bus had arrived at the last match. Um, Yeah, didn't really shake hands or anything like that. But then I thought, all right, well, what about going to other famous did they fart or was it the chair moments on television? (laughs) 
Here's the first one. This is one of the British uh, UK Idol back okay. a few years ago. Have a listen to this in question. Tell me if it's a fart or chair. Okay. Do you know what? It's sometimes, it's sometimes with your stage presence and your sometimes pretending confidence, it's easy to forget. You hear that? That's Cheryl Cole. I think she's I reckon quite she was partial. burning some coal, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I reckon. Because she pauses, right? Your sometimes... She pauses. <laughs> it's the pause to concentrate on the fart. Sure. You think she's like, okay, I can I can keep talking, but when that's happening, I've really got to make sure it's not a... It's actually, yeah, it's impossible. It's like, um, you know, trying to hum with your when mouth you, open. You, exactly. you can't You can't actually speak and fart at the same time. It's impossible I'm to not just let I'm with my mouth open. Okay, well... <laughs> I don't know. There's some sort of rule like that. <laughs> some sort of rule. You're sometimes... Yeah, no, no, that's a, that's definitely... That's uh, some... This is one of my favourite ones. This guy's just done the classic, I'm going to blame the chair at all costs. Oh, okay. Bring a bit of sunshine. That'd be nicer. Yeah, bit of sunshine. <laughs> right? Oh, sorry, it's gone again. What a time for it to go. <laughs> oh, it's gone again. What a time for the IKEA furniture to go. No, no, the couch is in perfect tack, mate. Be nicer. Yeah, bit of sunshine. <laughs> I love how shocked the woman yeah, is. Bit of sunshine. Yeah, it's that. It's it's the woman. It's ah, uh, that's what gives it away. I reckon. Ah, uh. classic. Ah, uh. <laughs> we're getting into some weird, weird territory. Yeah, I won't play anymore. I think two is enough. Maybe we can do a bonus one on the podcast. Okay, so just to clarify, back to the darts. Mm. So one guy won the darts competition, but he's saying. The loser is saying he would have won if the other guy hadn't farted so much. Yeah, it was putting him off. Oh, I know the feeling. <laughs> Do your job. Which I need to talk to you about on the show tomorrow, actually. I, you are accusing me of letting off brown clouds of advice. It's getting to a point that it's inappropriate and clouding my judgment on the show. I did one. <laughs> I did one and it wasn't even whilst we were on the air. <laughs> It was in the planning meeting. The first time I ever met you, we were in a tiny little studio trying to, you know, see if we could do a show together, and you farted. That was a test. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few prerequisites of my own, you know. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I wish I had reacted differently. Yeah, you were pretty chill with it at that time. <laughs> trying to impress you with my coolness. Give me an inch, I'll run a mile. Give me a fluff, and I will unload three months later. That was the Bronte and Lakey podcast. Bronte and Lakey!